So this is this is something that has been uh, that we've been talking about in the offerings a lot over the years. Philippians chapter four with Matthew chapter six, and I think there's a good reason for it being repeated all the time. Because if there's one place in your life where fear can creep in very easily, it's in your finances. Okay? So what's the first reaction that a lot of people have? You suddenly find out you've got a big fine. Or if you suddenly find out you've got a big responsibility ahead of you, like suddenly you find out, oh my goodness, I have to pay... 10,000 a month for this now, from now on. Or I have to pay, and then suddenly, how am I going to do this? Okay? So, our first reaction is to look to what we have, and then to fear, thinking, hmm, am I going to be able to do it? Okay? But when we look to what God has, it is, it's easier because He has everything. Okay, so if we if he can trust us with what is in our hands, we can trust him with what is in his hands. All right. So if I look to what I have in my hand as my source, then I'm going to be limited to what I'm trusting in. But if I look to what he makes available to me in his word as my source, then what he has is the limit. So it will be according to your faith. All right? So first, uh, John chapter 4 says, uh, perfect love casts out all fear. For fear brings with it the thoughts of punishment. So he, he who is afraid is not reached the full maturity of love. So love casts out fear. So when we understand the love that God has for us, guess what happens? Our expectation of failure in finances disappears and it's replaced by trust because we know his ability and we know his heart towards us. So if we know, uh, every, it's, diffi- it's not difficult for people to know that God can do it. But it's more difficult for people to believe that he wants to do it and that he wants to do it for you. Okay? So if we can trust in the word, uh, we can start receiving out of the open hand of God, start receiving out of the inheritance that is already given to us through the death of the testator, Jesus Christ. All right. So um, Romans chapter 8 says, uh, we, we have not received the spirit of bondage that is of this world that is unto bondage, but we have received the spirit of sonship in the bliss of which we cry of a father. So if we are sons, then we are heirs. Heirs according to the promise. And joint heirs with Christ. So a joint heir with Christ means this, that everything is his and mine. So it works like this. It's not 50% is his and 50% is mine. It works like this. 100% is his and mine. We are one. So I'm a joint heir. Okay. So with that in mind, just let's just uh, read this. It's so simple. Uh, Philippians 4. Remember the song? Philippians 4. Okay. 
those who don't understand Afrikaans, it just says rejoice in the Lord. Okay. Rejoice in the Lord always. Delight, glad in yourselves, in Him. Again, I say rejoice. Okay, so that means good news is coming because it's something that we can be joyful about. Let all men know and perceive and recognize your unselfishness, your forbearing spirit. The Lord is near. Do not fret or have any anxiety about anything. But in every circumstance and in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, continue to make your wants known to God. So, he says, rejoice and don't worry. And then he says, make known to God. What's on your heart? What's the stuff that makes you to worry? What's the stuff that causes you to think, how am I going to pay it? What's the stuff that causes you to think, how are we going to get there? You know, I remember we we were back in the library in those days, you know. And I'm thinking, okay, I've got this vision. We're going we're gonna to do something big for God. But how do we bridge this gap between where we are <laughs> and that? You know, it's like this is what we see now. But, you know, what's coming is enormous. And this is how. Just don't worry and trust Him. And every day just live by faith. So faith means you live by what you don't see with your natural eyes. So faith means you look into a different realm. You look to the Word of God, and you, and you react according to that. Okay, so he says, don't fret. Have any anxiety about anything. By prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, continue to make your wants known to God. Okay, so prayer, petition. So petition is, you know, like you sign a petition if you want something changed. You know, get more <laughs> signatures. <laughs> But God just needs yours. It's okay. You can just ask Him. So a petition is, you know, it's a definite request. You, you ask Him. So, um, so you ask with thanksgiving. So Lord, you've called us to do this. In order for us to do this, we need to take this next step. So I'm asking you for this. Thank you, Lord. I thank you for it in advance. So, which means I'm already trusting him because I'm thanking him even before I have it in the, in the natural. So now we thank him. So give thanks to the Lord for his good and his mercy endures forever. Okay, so because he is good, we thank him. So we thank him before we even have any natural proof that he has, it believes that we, we have faith in what he said and we know the outcome is sure. So we thank Him for it. And God's peace shall be yours. So if you've thanked God and the peace is there, it's a sealed deal. Okay? It says, That peace shall be yours, a tranquil state of a soul, assured of its salvation through Christ, and so fearing nothing from God, being content with its earthly lot of whatever that is. That peace which transcends all understanding, shall garrison and mount God of your hearts and minds. So now your earthly situation hasn't changed yet. The only thing that has changed is your heart is peace. Because you have made your special petition and you thank God. Okay? Now, there's something called the meantime. Okay? And it can be mean or it can be just the moment that you're in. It depends on your thinking. So if you're going to think how everything is going to fall apart, and how you're not going to be able to pay it, and they're going to come and take our house, and they're going to come and take our car, don't prophesy it. In the meantime, listen to what he says. 
for the rest, brethren. Whatever he could have just said in the meantime. <laughs> whatever is true, whatever is worthy of reverence, honorable, seemly, just, pure, lovely, lovable, kind, winsome, gracious. If there is any virtue in excellent, if, excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think on, weigh, and take account of these things. Fix your minds on them. So we need to intentionally fix our minds on the things that God says. Okay? And think on it. So think on where God says you're going. Think on what God said you have as your inheritance. And meditate on those things. Okay? And then he says, practice what you have learned and received and heard and seen in me. Okay? So luckily we have... Uh, Paul the Apostle that modeled something, and model your way of living on it, and the God of peace, of untroubled, undisturbed well-being, will be with you. So now it's not only the peace, now it's the God of the peace. Why? Because our minds are on the Word, our minds are on what the Spirit said, our minds are not on what our situation looks like in the meantime. So when we start meditating on what God has said, Start thinking on what God has said. What's the next thing that follows after thinking? You start saying it. If you start saying it, you start bringing it into, into your reality. Okay? So, uh, so Mark chapter 11 says, uh, you will have whatever you say. Okay? So don't by fear start prophesying the destruction of your own life. Rather, let the peace of God reign and you speak out of the peace of God, and you say what God says, even if the situation looks absolutely impossible or absolutely contrary. Okay? So God will open up a door and open up a way for you where there was no way. He will create something for you. And how did He create it? How did he cre does He create everything? He created it by His Word. So if we can meditate on the Word... If we can have the mind of Christ and from there speak what God is saying without fear but under the influence of love, we will have what we say. Okay? So the greatest threat to the answer of your prayer is you fearing that it's not going to happen. Okay? So fear is, I know this is going to happen. Faith is, I know this is going to happen. <laughs> so... What do you want to happen? So let's just give preference to what God says. We think what God says. We receive His peace. We receive His love. We let Him rule and God over our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. And we speak from that. So what does your situation look like? What is, what is so difficult and impossible in your life? Okay? Think on what the Word says. And speak it. Okay. Now he goes on. He says, verse 10, I was made very happy in the Lord now that you have revived your interest in my welfare after so long a time. You were indeed thinking of me, but you had no opportunity to show it. Not that I'm implying that I was in person, any personal want, for I have learned to be content and satisfied to the point where I'm not disturbed, disquieted in whatever state I am. I know how to be abased and live humbly in straitened circumstances, and I know how to enjoy plenty and live in abundance. So I have 
learned in every and all circumstances the secret of facing every situation, whether well-fed or going hungry, having sufficiency and enough to spare, or going without and being in want. I have strength for all things. That means strength for well-fed and strength for hungry in Christ, who empowers me. I'm ready for anything and equal to anything through him who infuses inner strength into me. I'm self-sufficient in Christ's sufficiency. But it was right and commendable and noble of you to contribute for my needs and to share my difficulties with me. And you Philippians yourself know uh, that in the early days of the gospel ministry when I left Macedonia, no church entered into partnership with me and opened up a debit and credit account in giving and receiving except you only. For even in Thessalonica, he sent me contributions for my needs, not only once, but a second time. Not that I seek or am eager for your gift, but I do seek and I am eager for the fruit which increases to your credit, the harvest of blessing that is accumulating to your account. Okay, so now he says, you, your mind is now on the right thing. Your heart is now under the influence of God's love. There's no more fear. Your speech is right. Great. He says, now... Instead of looking at the circumstances, okay, right. Partner, he says, let's take hands together. What did God say? Where are we going? Okay, so he says, you sent me a contribution. Not only once, but a second time, you shared my difficulties with me. Why? What was these difficulties? Well, uh, it was the, the gospel ministry. It says, uh, in the early days of the gospel ministry when I left Macedonia, okay, so he had needs, and they sent money to him. So God spoke to him. He said, go in this direction. So they took hands with him and partnered with him. So because they, were, they partnered with him in the input to help reach people, the output of what he did will also be credited to their account. Okay, so there's a harvest of blessing. So it's not only... I sow a thousand rand and I get a hundredfold return. That also. The word is, is clear on sowing and reaping. But also, there's a, a harvest of thanksgiving that comes because many people were blessed by this gospel ministry that he went, he ministered to people and he was able to do it because of the money that they partnered with him and it resulted in thanksgiving towards God. Okay, so, um, so he says, he says, it's not like that I'm eager for your gift, but I do seek and I am eager for the fruit which increases to your credit, the harvest of blessing that is accumulating to your account. So uh, as they shared in the input, they also share in the output. He says, but I have your full payment and more. I have everything I need and am amply supplied now that I've received from Epaphroditus the gifts you sent me. They're a fragrant odor and an offering and a sacrifice which God welcomes and in which he delights. And my God will liberally supply, full to the full, your every need according to his riches in glory in Christ Jesus. To our God and Father be glory forever and ever to the endless eternity, eternities of eternities. All right. So why does he speak of my God and our God? He says, my God, the God that I have come to, to trust and know. This specific relationship between me and him, this specific anointing 
the manifestation that I'm already walking in, the grace that I'm already seeing, will that the power that's already active and visible in my life will start working in your life in the same way. My God will liberally supply, fill to the full, your every need. Which means that when you partner with a ministry, you partner with the grace that is on the ministry, with the power of God that is on the ministry, and whatever fruit that ministry has starts to operate in your life. Because you, you take hands with the ministry and you, you, you join forces to get the same goal. So the output starts to come to you. So whatever flows in that ministry will flow in your life. Okay? Because of partnership. All right. So then he says, to our God be glory forever and to all the eternities of eternities. Okay. So he, he calls it specif specifically my God because it's his personal relationship. Out of his personal relationship, there's something coming out. All right. But he says, that which I'm walking in, people walk in because of partnership. So partnership is, is a kingdom thing. We stand together and we go for the same goal. All right. I'm not going to go to Philippians 1, but he mentions it there as well. Okay, so, um, so at this stage, what we want to do, uh, where, where we're going is God is literally going to open doors for us. <laughs> okay, so we are in the process of negotiating to buy a church building, for those who haven't heard yet, okay? So um, we are still waiting for the church board of the, of the selling uh, church to have their meeting on Wednesday. So um, it's a great opportunity. Well, we hope it's an opportunity. So let me just tell you the story. <laughs> My wife and I did, needed to make a decision on where we're going because we're getting to the end of the lease. And when we moved in here, we said five years. Okay? So um, five years is past now. So we need to sign for three more years or we need to do something. So uh, we heard that there was two congregations that merged. They have two buildings. So we just phoned them up and said, listen, don't you want to sell one of your buildings? And they sounded very eager <laughs> to sell one of their buildings. And uh, so we've had some talks with their with their task team, and, you know, we've, we've discussed some figures. Now they have to take it to the church board. So agree with us in Jesus' name that we can uh, get this opportunity so that we can, we can buy this building. Okay. So um, with that, and then we just need 6.5 million. <laughs> All right. So um, what's that? It's nothing for God. So it's, you know, it's made just a few, you know, transfers, and there we, we have it. You know, maybe even one transfer <laughs> doesn't even, you know, who knows? Okay. So, but what I'm saying is we are looking to, to go to the next step. So how do we bridge the gap? Well, how did we bridge the ga gap from the library to where we are here? I blindly <laughs> signed a contract in a hope that we will have money to to pay it, and the money just came in, and we were able to pay it, and we increased and increased, and we, we got more floor space, and we, we had changed this place into what it is now. So 
from here to where we're going, it's also a giant leap, but we, we can do it by the grace of God. If the Israelites could go over the Jordan and possess that land with God, we can buy a church, honestly. So uh, God is with us. 